It's now time for the Coach Cody Fagan Show. And it's brought to you by the Whitesboro Athletic Booster Club. As we will go over everything Whitesboro, over the Bearcats and the Lady Cats Sports Nation. And go over tonight's opponent for the Bearcats. Now, here's your host Frank Grantham and Linda Lee with Whitesboro Athletic Director Cody Fagan. Hello, Bearcat Nation, and welcome to Playoff Football Talk with the head coach and athletic director, Coach Cody Fagan. And we are here to talk all things Whitesboro sports, but we are going to emphasize the playoff run that the Bearcats are in the midst of. An amazing game this last Friday. A lot of fun, a lot of energy, a whole lot of energy, and look forward to getting into that. But let's start with just uh, looking at upcoming winter sports coach and spring sports and um, what we got going so far. Now, so far, uh, girls basketball's already cranked up with a couple games, had a big win earlier this week over Tom Bean over at their place. JV girls hosted a tournament at our place last week and won that tournament against some real good competition. Some 5A and 4A schools from all across the Metroplex came up here with some good looking JV teams and our girls took it to them. Wrestling is getting cranked up and practicing, getting ready to go to their first meets of the year got a little construction project going on down in the wrestling room that most people know around town as the alamo uh, over at the middle school and got some walls being put up in there to be able to get mats on the wall for a little more safety in there for those kids as they roll around and then powerlifting uh, practices are about to crank up when we get back from thanksgiving they'll start matches or start meets after christmas uh, boys basketball has been practicing every evening you know coach sluter coach ledbetter pulling double duty Every day we've been practicing middle school basketball in the mornings, and then Coach Sluter and Ledbetter will go to high school football practice every afternoon with us, getting us ready for this big playoff game. And then they'll practice basketball till 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. So, you know, a lot of selfless actions by our coaches, putting kids in a position to be successful. And, you know, you see it all over social media, all over everything. Our kids are succeeding in everything they're doing right now. Coach, I know Frank has a full page of stuff to work through. I just really have one question to start us off, and then I'll interject as necessary. But I just want to ask about the energy level. We're really excited about those winter sports you just mentioned and the spring sports coming up. I think uh, uh, we just have a great programs going on, great coaching staff. But I want to talk about the energy when we started the game against Breckenridge and for Start off so fast and do so with so much raw energy. Immediate three and out, two touchdowns, two-point conversion, 15-0 to zero before halfway through the first quarter. What had them so pumped? Yeah, I think they just uh, got a little chip on their shoulder. They're ready to go do the things that they plan to do since day one. And, you know, anytime you get a team that their plan wasn't just to make the playoffs or just to win the first round, you know, these kids want to be the best that's ever come through this town. And they're clicking right now. We're healthy. They're really excited to be around each other each and every day. Just got a little different feel of any team I've really ever been around. I've been doing this 15, 16 years now. And uh, you get to this time of the year, it gets tough. You know, on top of my practice schedule for today says practice number 71. It'll be the 12th game, the 14th time we've competed against somebody else if you include scrimmages. So, you know, it gets to where your body's beat up and everybody's body's beat up this time of year. But our kids are excited, enjoying being around each other, loving the opportunity to continue to compete. So the, I think that's really the biggest deal is they love being around each other, love having fun, and, you know, love trying to prove people wrong. Awesome. Absolutely. That's good to hear. It's good to hear out some of the other 
uh, sports just firing up. I've heard a lot of good stuff about the girls' basketball, not just the varsity, but the JV. I think both of them are undefeated right now, which is early, but they're really starting off off to a fast start. Coach, uh, I know this, I don't think the UILs put this up there, but with everything that's gone on with uh, the football team, the band, and other areas, the tennis, et cetera, et cetera, what would, do you know offhand what our Lone Star Cup point total is of is right now? We're at 32 total points right now. We've got 12 with band uh, getting second in the state in their competition. We've got 12 with uh, between boys cross country winning it and girls getting fifth. So you're at 24 there. Our tennis team scored another four uh, with their third round playoff run. So you're at 28 there. And then football got two for qualifying for the playoffs and another two for that win last week against Breckenridge. So we're at 32 right now, obviously, with the opportunity for more tonight in this game. And then, obviously, uh, high expectations out of all of our other programs that we've got coming up here this winter and spring. So right now, best I can calculate, we're in first place in all of 3A. They don't total it out on the UIL's website until after all fall sports are completed, which everybody knows wouldn't be till you know mid uh, or late December when uh, football state championships are done before they'll actually post it. But just looking around at the typical people that are up there in 3A, you've got Brock, you've got Shallow Water, you've got uh, those schools out uh, that way, Jim Ned, that people are always in the top 10 uh, a lot, lot with us and. Uh, you know, the things they've done so far this year, we've got more points right now. Obviously, volleyball could affect that. You've got, you know, the team we're playing tonight, Bushlands at the state volleyball tournament, Gunners at the state volleyball tournament. So a lot of those teams have a chance to score some more points too. But, you know, it, anytime you can be in first place at any point in the year in that competition, you feel like you got a good head start and think it's going to be a good year in your program. That's good. That's good. Let's go over to kind of what Linda was saying. Congratulations on the big win over Breckenridge. Team really looked fired up coming out there. Good crowd. Weisbro showed up good. Halftime, the band sounded excellent. We got to, we're in a good spot to hear them also. But Bearcats came out fired up. Harper came out 324 yards passing, four touchdowns, and he ran in another touchdown. And also, his cousin Jake Herman's big game. He caught six passes, 137 yards, three touchdowns. And, you know, some of the guys we need to give credit to, too, the offensive line to give Mike time to throw the ball, you know, and, you know, opening holes also for our running game. Yeah, absolutely. As far as our uh, in-house players of the week that we gave out this past week, the player of the game went to Jake Hermes. Obviously, with those stats, you just heard anytime you have three touchdowns in a playoff game, that's a uh, going to be a great memory for him. And then the Offensive Player of the Week we gave to Cody Vessels, you know, behind the scenes, another one of those where you see the stats that Mac has and, and the stats that all those kids have. But, you know, not a lot of people paid attention or noticed that Cody Vessels ended up having to swap and go over to the right side and block big number 35. Uh, the Jerry kid that was the running back, he played defensive end and was a force to be reckoned well, with. But was. Cody went over there and took care of him all night and kept him out of Mac's lap and so we gave him the offensive player of the week obviously a tough decision anytime your quarterback's got over 300 yards and responsible for five touchdowns but well we, we've not grown accustomed to that but you know uh anytime a lineman does that you're going to try and show him some love and tell him thank you and i think mac could be happy letting cody have that award yeah. each and every week because he's going to get his name in the paper plenty defensively carter schluter had two interceptions seven tackles and then isaiah chappelle you know, was also the co-defensive player of the week with Carter up front, another one of those unsung heroes that 
doesn't get a lot of love, doesn't get his name called a lot, but he's drawing double teams each and every play, pressuring that quarterback and causing those balls to be thrown up for grabs for those guys to pick up in the back end. Excellent. And then the uh, scout team player of the week went to Colton Vogie, who's busted it in practice, plays on all the special teams and uh, you know spot plays on offense and defensive for us. And then the special teams player of the week went to Sean, had a big return there, responding to the 14 points, the only points we gave up. We ran a little uh, trickery there with a little bit of a reverse look and he had a big return there and then obviously had his own uh, big night out there on the edge with another touchdown and some more receiving yards. So lots of kids touched the ball the other night. Uh, lots of kids got to play. Several JV kids there late in the game got to go experience varsity football for the first time and that's always a fun experience. Absolutely. I'm glad you touched on that because that's what my next point is here is weapons. I mean, Weisboro, I'd hate to be the defensive coordinator trying to get your game plan against Weisbro because this touching on that is what I wrote down as weapons. I just love how we spread out, you know, uh, if you basically look at it, Jake Hermes now leads the team with 34 catches. Jace uh, Sanders now is second. He's actually tied with Norn Nagelstad, which has 32 receptions. Then you got Sean Shares right behind them. So you really can't, you know, just double team somebody because you're going to leave some holes open. You can't do that with our team. It's just, and you can't forget Asher Contreras, he's averaging six yards a carry. And right behind him, Jake, Jacob Smith, who gives Asher, and they kind of complement each other. He's averaging seven yards a carry. So, And when you got such a dynamic offensive coordinator, Coach Love's doing a great right. job. I and mean, one of the things I really enjoyed watching in this last game was the new motion play he yeah. had, where you had Sanders typically take the motion and do his U-turn around the quarterback, which opened up at, you know some RPO stuff, some actual just run options, some – uh, there's, it's just a hard play to defend. Exactly. A uh, very interesting look there, and so I'm uh, really excited to see what this offense is doing, Coach. And actually, Coach, also on the defensive side of the ball, you got Sterling Gard, 157 tackles. When we look that up, he is actually third in the whole state of Texas in Class 3A. Um, you know, he's got, like I said, 157 tackles, and he's also tied with. Uh, Asher with uh, five sacks apiece on both of those. And then you mentioned Coach earlier, sophomore uh, Sluter. He leads the team with five interceptions now. So that's big for a sophomore to come up and make some big plays there. But So a lot of, a lot of uh, weapons on both sides of the ball for the Bearcats. So uh, good just to point that out there in this matchup for tonight. But let's switch over a little bit to Bushland now. Um, hard to find any stats really on Bushland. I knew, I know their quarterback's thrown for about 2,000 yards for 21 touchdowns, but he has thrown seven interceptions. Uh, what can you tell us, for the listeners listening to this ball game tonight, what should we be looking out for Bushland's offense? You know, they've got a, a small little quick quarterback that they like to run a lot of quarterback run with. They've got several skilled kids out on the edge. I don't do names very often with opponents, but number four is a guy that we've had to keep an eye on all week in practice that's a really quick guy out on the edge that when they get him the ball in space, he does a lot of good things. They've got number eight, who's a backup quarterback for him that also plays receiver, that uh, they put a lot of trick plays that bounce off of him. And then number 12 is their second leading receiver or uh, runner that touches the ball uh, next to number four. And then up front, they're just big guys that uh, lean on you and get movement. And, you know, they're a lot like us in the way that they're starting nine guys on one side of the ball and nine on the other and only have a couple guys playing both ways. So they try to go really, really fast. They uh, snap the ball every seven to ten seconds. 
and that's really what they base this offensive thing on. It's not really a complicated offense in any uh, form or fashion, but they do go really, really fast and try and catch you sleeping and catch you not prepared and not ready to line up to it. So our kids have done a great job all week preparing for that, running two huddles at them, snapping the ball every six to seven seconds just to make them train up for it. And you know, a lot of credit goes to our JV kids and our varsity uh, non-defensive starters that have had to you know, basically get conditioning every day of practice this week, giving us that great look. And so I think our kids are up for the challenge. They're going to uh, show up ready to go. And, you know, it's a very quality opponent. Anytime you play a team in the second round with eight wins and a district champion, you know they've been there, done that, and done some good things. But I really feel our kids are up to the challenge. Question, Coach. Coming into the Breckenridge game, one of the things that you noted was uh, our speed. Our speed was much greater than Breckenridge's, and it really showed on the field. Uh, one of the things I even heard their announcers say is that we were just a lot faster than they were, not just um, on the edges, but in the trenches. Uh, where does our speed compare with Bushland? You know, they're obviously much faster than Breckenridge uh, as far as looking at them on film. I think they've got three or four guys that can roll just as well as any of ours. Uh, you know, obviously time will tell tonight as we get rolling, but, you know, the difference for us hopefully moving forward is that I think we've got a whole bunch of kids. You know, our depth just, uh, especially at the skill position on the offensive side, seems to be really good right now. We've got a lot of kids touching the ball and a lot of speed in all of those positions. So their number four is really fast, looks good. Uh, you know, we're going to have to know where he is all the time. Number one, the little quarterback's really fast. Uh, and then uh, I don't want to say there's a drop-off by any means, but uh, they're much faster than Breckenridge was, much more uh, competitive game tonight, I anticipate. Uh, I do think our kids are prepared and going to have a great showing tonight, but it's going to be a much more uh, challenging team here on the other side. Well, Coach, how's their defense look? Do they run a 3-4, four, 4-3, four, or what do they do on defensive side of the ball? If you'll remember the old uh, Brock 10-1 and the Pilot yeah. Point 10-1 stuff, that's what they're doing. They went and learned that stuff from Brock probably five, six years ago under a different head coach that's not there anymore, and they've kept that scheme. So you're going to see a 4-1 box, a 4-2 box, a bare front. Basically, the same theory they go with on offense of trying to go fast and put pressure on you is what they do defensively. They try and cause havoc and pressure by coming to get you. Lots of people in the box, lots of different looks, and they just want to play really, really fast and force you to make mistakes. That's what they've uh, lived and died by this year. So our kids, you know, the good thing is we played, uh, you know, Brock doesn't run that scheme anymore. They're more of a base 3-4 now, but Pilot Point still does. Same scheme, so we've seen it once before this year, and we've seen it before this year two times a year. So our kids are not unfamiliar with that, and they're going to be ready to go. Uh, we're just going to have to execute at a high level and be ready for lots of looks and make sure that we take our shots downfield still. And uh, you know, with that defensive scheme, there's just like anything, there's no perfect defense out there. Every coach would be running it. There's a strength to every defense and a weakness to every defense, and we've got to do a great job of trying to exploit those weaknesses tonight. All right, Coach. Well, Coach Lindell, uh, some of the listeners may know, some may not. Uh, 2019, Bushland defeated us 34-10. to uh, So hopefully we get a little redemption tonight here in Childress uh, and go out there and pick up win number 19 for Fagan which is be career win number 19 here at Whitesboro. But uh, we'll just see. Sound like it's going to be a good matchup tonight. Coach, as we move into this uh, playoff game, of course, second round, um, always always an honor when you get to continue to play into November and, uh, and hopefully December. I know December football is kind of the goal of every program. 
Um, what what's kind of on your heart right now is as you're going through this whole thing. I know it's been a whirlwind of the last two years with COVID and the craziness, and then this year with things opening back up and the way the kids have responded and the program has responded and the coaches have responded. Uh, it's just been incredible. Um, what's on your heart as as we shared this last moments of the show? You know, it's always fun when you get to this time of year and you're thinking there's uh, possible. Thanksgiving or December football on the radar and obviously we're gonna to have to go out and execute at a high level uh, Friday night to make that happen but the community support all the different things that people have done for us the moms and dads and all the things they do for these kids on a weekly basis earlier this week we had a team dinner over at the Methodist Church and the moms set it up like a uh, fancy Italian restaurant and the moms uh, waited on the kids like waitresses and let them order their food and brought it to them and just all the little touches that people don't realize that these parents are putting into these kids and showing them how important it is and how much they support them it just makes it that much more special so one of the moms in there uh, was talking to them and thanking the other moms for all the work they've put into it and she said guys I don't know I haven't been to a lot of places but I don't think you're going to get this kind of service and this kind of treatment from a lot of schools and i spoke up and said guys i've coached at five other schools in two states and i promise you you won't you won't get the kind of treatment your moms and dads are giving you guys so y'all need to be appreciative of it and i think our kids are i think they understand that there is something special about this place and we talk about that all the time but that's the truth so just really excited to be a small part of it and enjoying being here well, we are uh, excited about the playoff game as Weisboro gets ready to take on Bushland. This is going to be an incredible matchup. Two tough uh, power teams coming in uh, to this game here in Childress. Really excited to get this thing kicked off. Stick around. You'll definitely want to hear it. Let's go Weisboro Bearcats. Let's go Bearcats. Go Bearcats.